and welcome to the Kids Planet Podcast. An opportunity to explore the highs and lows of raising under fives. Here are your hosts from the Kids Planet marketing team, Sarah Murphy and Emma Palowski. Hello and welcome to this month's podcast. We're joined today by Rhiannon Scott, outdoor lead here at Kids Planet, to learn all about the importance of learning outdoors for little ones and our brand new outdoors accreditation. Hi Rhiannon, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Okay, could we start by finding out a bit more about your career journey and how you came to be the outdoor lead for Kids Planet? Okay, okay. right, so I moved up to Manchester about 10 years ago. Um, I'll be celebrating my 10th anniversary at Kids Planet, formerly Kids Loud. So when I first started my sort of career as a nursery nurse up north, um, I started off as a Waddler unit manager, which was for the one to two year old children. So I had four rooms and I started there. I then later moved up to the preschool room, which was quite a challenge, quite a busy room. I then went on, went on to maternity leave to have my little girl. And while I was on maternity leave, I really just wanted to do something completely different. I felt like I had achieved everything I wanted to achieve Um in preschool so I really just wanted to change and something Mm. else to stick my teeth into and it was actually Jenny our CEO at the time who came up with the idea of introducing forest school sessions so looking at sort of starting my own scheme and it was very much led by myself so she sort of said I'll give you a trial of six months go off find space you work out how you want to do it and how it's going to look for parents and children and we'll review it sort of six months later. So after a lot of searching, which was really difficult, I went to a lot of different places and the hardest part of it was finding a space in which to do sessions. Um, But I finally ended up at Dunham Massey, which is a National Trust Park based in Altrincham. And started running sessions, it went really, really well. And then we got acquired by Kids Planet and my role has changed a little bit. So, yeah, this is how I got here. Amazing. Um, and through all kind of your your learnings, what do you find are the main benefits of outdoor play for like well-being? I think it's, you know, if you think about it yourself as an adult, when I feel stressed, when I feel overwhelmed, just literally going for a walk or stepping outside and getting some fresh air just makes me feel so much more positive. Mm. And it's the same for our children. Um, You know, a lot of people use the expression climbing the walls. And I feel like children literally do that. If they don't have enough time outside, you do start to see these sort of behaviours from children where they just want to move, they just want to release this energy that's going on within them. Um, So in terms of their well-being and their self-esteem, resilience, it has massive benefits being outside. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, the same for adults, isn't it? You have to have a lunch break. You need to kind of get away from your desk, don't you, for your well-being? Yeah, totally, totally. There was a a really interesting study that Purcell have just done, um, and it's called Dirt is Good. If you go on YouTube, you can check it out. But they interviewed prison inmates about how important their sort of their yard time was, their time outdoors. Mm. And they said, you know, it's crucial to their well-being. And then what they did is they filmed their reaction 
when they told them that children are getting less in a lot of children in the UK are getting less um, than the recommended sort of hour per day outside and obviously their reaction was quite shocking so yeah, yeah. it's huge for well-being huge wow yeah and do you think if children are exposed to you know playing outdoors and being outdoors earlier regularly um are they more likely to enjoy it as adults yeah totally I think for me I spent most of my childhood sort of camping we never went abroad um it was always going to sort of Devon and Cornwall and now as an adult I still really enjoy those things and mm. as a mum I take Penny and do the same things as I did when I was younger. So we will go and make dens. We will make daisy chains in the garden. I'll go crabbing and stuff like yeah. that. But a lot of children just aren't getting those experiences today because their parents haven't had them. So therefore, it's not being passed on to them. So I do think if at this young age we can give children that relationship with nature and connect them back to the outdoors mm. that will definitely continue with them into later life as an adult 100% yeah I totally agree yeah and um, so you've recently launched Kids Planet Zone Accreditation which is Ood School um could you tell us a bit more about that yeah so Ood School was the concept that sort of came up at the end of last year um, I was really lucky to be able to go on a trip to Denmark with Doncaster College. Um, I went with another early years professional from Kids Planet as well. I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really lovely trip. So we went and sort of, we went to loads of different settings. We went to a school, we went to a nursery setting. Um, and one particular setting that really stood out for me was it was this old building um which backed onto a forest it's called the bonsai institute they do have an instagram account um and the lady who sort of ran it and came up with the concept showed us around and one of the things that really first struck me was when i walked outside and there's a group of two-year-olds literally whittling with knives <laughs> and they're <laughs> two-year-olds yeah they're two years old right so they're sitting there not very well supervised you know there was a parent sitting there as well there was a fire on and um, and I asked the women there you know well what risk assessments are in place and and how uh, this is this would never happen in the UK you know um, and she sort of said you know this is the way they were brought up we allow them to use tools we allow them to whittle and they're safe in doing it and they never have any accidents and then I asked her about the qualifications that people had to be able to work in this in this nursery because it was literally amazing like I was ready to get up and leave and go and <laughs> live there I was like how much does it cost yeah. I want my daughter to come here um, but they don't have qualifications at those settings um, everyone is a pedagogue so everyone is an expert in what they do. They don't sort of have room leaders like we do or, you know, nursery nurse, uh, forest school leaders. Those sorts of qualifications just don't exist in Denmark. So Ood School um, sort of came about from that, really. We knew that we wanted to do something in-house. Um, we could have gone down the route of training up all of our team in, for in a forest school qualification. But we really wanted to take it a step deeper than that. In Denmark, it's very much a culture and a way of life. Children are outside from a really young age and it's part of family time. It's part of the school day. It's part of the nursery day. And we wanted to recreate that here. So I've heard the phrase sort of semi-skim forest school experience or full fat oh, really? forest school experience. So 
we want it to be full fat we want it to be legitimate we wanted to have a real culture around how outdoor play and outdoor learning is within what we do day in day out it's not a session that you go on now and then it's literally you walk into a kids planet setting and you know straight away that we value nature we value being outdoors <coughs> so yeah Ood school really came from that concept of being able to go over there and observe the way that they do things so did you go out there with sort of an accreditation in mind that like you might do that or was it just a forest school kind of trip and this came out of it? No, so we were really we were really lucky. At the time I was still with Kids Loud um, and our academy manager, Becky, uh, she had a, a sort of a relationship with Doncaster College at the time and they're great. You know, they go on lots of trips to for their own professional development Um they had been to Reggio Emilia in Italy and things like that. And this trip came up and they explained that they would be going to Denmark to look at these nurseries. And very luckily, Becky sort of put my name forward and said, well, Rhiannon's doing forest school sessions at the moment. She's really passionate about outdoor learning. You know, can we go? And luckily we got the OK to go, ahead, go along. I think we went for about three days, met loads of other professionals who uh, came as part of Doncaster College. Um, we all had different jobs, different roles. Some of us were tutors. I was forest school leader. Um, I met a trainer and assessor who actually went on to then do my professional training as a forest school leader because up until that point, I didn't actually have the qualification, mm -hmm. as you like, to do yeah. it. So, yeah, we went along literally just to further our own sort of knowledge and understanding. At that time, I didn't know that we were going to be acquired by Kids Planet. <laughs> oh, um, course, yeah. yeah, so I didn't know. So when did you get there? What year? Uh, so it would have been, I think it was pretty much the year before we got acquired by Kids Planet that we went to... Denmark, Denmark. not even College. super long ago no not long ago at all still really fresh in my mind it's like <laughs> you've been doing it forever yeah I just I came back from that trip really fired up I yeah. really wanted to give our children the same experience so even before being acquired by Kids Planet and having these wonderful opportunities that I've had given to me now I always knew I wanted to do something with all of this stuff that I saw in Denmark, yeah. it, it really made me 10 times more passionate about what we can do with our children. Yeah. Okay, so what does Uda School mean? Yeah, so <laughs> I was thinking, <laughs> should, I was like, should, I, should I say what Uda School means? And I've had lots of conversations with Lucy, our operations director, all about what this accreditation was going to be called, how it was going to work. We knew that we wanted to create this accreditation. We knew we wanted to do something based around the outdoors and give the team something to aim for. And we ummed and ahed over and over again about what should it be called? Uh, we came up with loads of different names. We sat down with some of the quality managers in the team, some of the area managers. We were throwing names back and forth coming up with all sorts, going to sleep, thinking about it, you yeah. know, sending each other texts at 3am in the morning. <laughs> and it just really, you know, it came to me while we were out there. One of the things that they deliver in Denmark is Ood school, which means outdoor school in Danish. Okay. And it's a big government push. Um, I don't want to get anything wrong here and offend anyone, but it's a big government push around ensuring that children get sort of 
whether it's daily or weekly time outdoors, being taught outdoors. So we actually went to see an Oud school in action and the children had been transported from their school to this site in uh, Copenhagen where, um, again, this guy didn't have any qualifications, but he, I think he had worked with the Forestry Commission or something like that. So he was an expert in, in what he did and all the knowledge he had for the children. And when we went over and visited, they were making their own brick walls, but using actual bricks and mixing their own cement. Gosh. Um, and these children were only in sort of, I think, our equivalent to year one, year two. So they were really young. That's so cute. Yeah, but they had this gorgeous setup, you know, like an outdoor sink yeah. and this mm-hmm. lovely communal sort of place where they could sit and eat lunch. Um, so, yeah, that's where Rude School came from, really, because I thought, well, this is where I got my inspiration from. I got my inspiration from going to Denmark. Yeah. So for me... The two really tied in. I mean, everyone says it wrong. (laughs) No one knows how to pronounce it. Um, But Oud School, outdoor school, for me, it was a no-brainer. And and that's how we came up with the name. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So what will the sessions entail and how often are they going to run? Yeah, so as I said before, it's it differs slightly from um, sort of your typical forest school session in terms of, our aim is for this to be a day in, day out experience. So rather than taking a smaller group of children to go and do sessions, and maybe it's only once a week for six weeks, and some children aren't going to get access to that, Ood School's really about changing your entire nursery, mm. the way that you do things. Um, so once people start on this journey, once the nursery starts on well, we have five different modules. They're called Footsteps to Flourish. So it's all very mm-hmm. Scandinavian vibes and things like that. But once they start on this journey, the aim is for them to finish it at the end of the accreditation with a real shift in the culture of their nursery, with every single team member being in this sort of tribe together. We call it tribe in the accreditation. Yeah. So we don't just want the team members to be fully invested in it we want the families to be involved we want the Mm. community to be involved and a massive part of of meeting the criteria is being able to evidence this collaboration um so you should be able to walk into any room in a setting that has done this accreditation and they should be able to really confidently speak to you about how they support nature-based play within the setting so yeah it's not it's very child-led it's very unprescribed um Mm. It's, it's a feeling rather than a, a set day a week when you go and do these things. It's day in, day out, all the time. Yeah, so a little less like an add-on, more of like a complete culture shift. Yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. Brilliant. So what is your kind of ultimate goal? I think, you know, at the moment we've got cohort one, which is, you know, bigger than I originally thought it was going to be. There's quite a few nurseries on this first cohort. I think it's coming up somewhere close to 20, which is oh, really? uh, brilliant. Yeah, which is a nice bit of work for me. But obviously the, the ultimate goal is to have every nursery doing this and to give every single child and family the opportunity to do this you know our strap line is plugging back into nature Mm. and that's that's my goal is getting children back to nature because 
you know, this generation is spending less time outdoors than any generation before it. You know, it's mm. really shocking when you look at some of the statistics of how little time these children are spending outside. And, you know, we're biologically designed to be outdoors. Mm. Our bodies need nature. That's yeah. how we were built. However, our children, are, you know, there's more screen time. Um, just childhood has changed. Has. I mean, yeah, it's a yeah. shame, isn't it? For me, you know, I was outside all day long. I, I never went inside. And the only rule for me was come in when the streetlights come on. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I didn't have a phone. And I went off for the day and my mum didn't know where I was. But, you know, people are scared these days. And, yeah. and you know, yeah. children don't get the same opportunity. You don't see as many children going off by themselves without adults. And some children don't have access to gardens and nature. So I think for me, I'm, I feel like I'm going off the point now. <laughs> can't even remember what the question was um <laughs> but for me you know it's, it's just really important my goal is to make sure that all children get to have those special memories that we had you know I don't ever want to be sitting in a room with a group of, of you know we work with a lot of young adults in this mm. industry we have a lot of apprentices I never want to be in a position where I'm delivering outdoor training and part of the outdoor training is tell me about your favourite childhood experiences. Mm. I don't ever want to be in a position where I'm sitting there and they can't tell me any. And no. that's what we're at a risk of, you know. I don't want to have a group of people that can't say, well, I made mud pies, I built dens, you know, I, I fished I in the stream and stuff mm. like that. But if we don't get these children back to nature and we don't... After, after lockdown. Yeah, well. <clears throat> lockdown has yeah, a massive... Exactly, yeah massive impact on children you know especially <clears throat> when we we're only having that hour a day outside I mean yeah how backwards is that you know these children it's had a massive effect on their mental health and well-being um and you know we want our children to be tough and resilient and there's no better place than outdoors so yeah my aim is to make sure that we we get it out there to as many nurseries as possible is the aim to get it into all the nurseries yeah. yes that is the goal and when that is the goal when do you think that will be <laughs> no idea I think as it progresses and goes along we'll be able to work it out and we'll see where the journey's going but I suppose my hope is once we have this first cohort of settings and, yeah, they're um, then able to go on and train other people okay. and support other people and buddy up so you know it's not just me by myself there's a yeah. whole team of us delivering this message and doing this and you know we work really across all of the different departments at Kids Planet so I work really closely with the quality team. I work with the area managers, the directors, um, procurement even, and all of us are on this journey together. Mm -hmm. It's looking at when we're recruiting that the message is going across about how we are an outdoor nursery, um, that we do believe in nature-based play, that if you're going to come and work for Kids Planet, you need to make sure you've got a pair of wellies and outdoor <laughs> clothing, you know. So it's it's trying to make it an approach from the get-go, really, right from induction so yeah uh, okay great um and how do you think kids planet children will benefit from ood school in comparison with other nurseries that may just be doing not just but may only be doing forest school yeah i think you know <clears throat> ood school isn't about trying to one-up forest school or it's not trying to discount forest school i've done my forest yeah. school training and um, we do have a lot of colleagues throughout the company who are forest school trained and it's brilliant it's, yeah, it, yeah. it's a great concept it's it's something that I would sort of encourage anybody to do however with forest school 
it does tend to be a weekly session so that's only one you know maybe a couple of hours per week Mm. often it's only a certain group of children so you're not going to hit all the all of the children in your nursery do you have to pay for that session it it depends I mean at Kids Planet it's something that we've always included as part of our sessions other nurseries may charge an additional price Mm. Um, it completely depends with food school as I said you know we're wanting it not to be just a once a week we're not wanting it to be you know a select group of 10 children say that get to experience this with food school it's for everybody also forest school you know unless you've got a really amazing forest school leader or a, a really great ethos around it it doesn't tend to include your families and your local community unless you're inviting them in whereas in order to achieve this accreditation to achieve ood school you need to clearly show that it's been a whole community approach it's very much everyone in on the journey and so we're not taking children away from the setting once a week to do something separate this is a part of the learning journey for the children Mm -hmm. it's not it's not a difference it's not something that's an add-on it's just an integral part of what we do so yeah hopefully that explains the differences a little bit we will certainly you know there is a lot of inspiration that we've drawn from forest school but at the end of the day it's just outdoor learning you know before forest school there were scouts you know before scouts you know if you look back to theorists like margaret mcmillan and froebel and you know the kindergartens and things like that Mm -hmm. outdoor learning has been going on for centuries and forest school is a, a fairly new movement when you look at it and so i think the ultimate goal is just ensuring our children are getting the best whatever way that is so we'll we'll draw inspiration from loads different places you know different countries even Mm -hmm. if you look at New Zealand's approach to outdoor learning it's fascinating so we'll draw from forest school we'll draw from other countries but the aim is to have this you know this new accreditation that brings everyone on the journey so yeah (laughs) (laughs) um okay and will age school Good school involve risky play and what is risky play for anyone that might not know like me <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the term risky play gets chucked around quite a lot um through doing the so I've, you know through writing this accreditation and doing tons of research and listening to loads of amazing people I've sort of coined the phrase of challenging play okay. instead of risky play um because I think sometimes when you say the word risky you know we're, yeah. we're quite a, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah quite a risk adverse society really yeah. you know and there is a lot of blame culture around these days and I think practitioners and nurseries are really worried about the potential of children hurting themselves and what implications that might have um, yeah. and sort of parent concerns and things like that so I think if we flip it on its head and call it challenging play it sort of gives a better it almost gives you a better picture of what risky play is for and it is for exactly that to create yeah. challenge for children so absolutely school will have lots of challenge in playing it mm-hmm. but the trouble is you know we've become so risk adverse that if you don't allow children to take any risks and do anything that is challenging 
then we're making them more unsafe. Yeah. We have, you know, we're going to have a future generation of children who not only are allergic to nature, but who don't know how to risk assess for themselves. You know, children are so far more capable than you would believe. Um, I watched a documentary again on YouTube, <laughs> plugging a lot of YouTube videos here, but there was a really interesting documentary again about an outdoor nursery in Denmark. And uh, these kids are doing all sorts of stuff. So again, whittling with the knives. Um, but there's one particular scene where there's a kid really far up a tree, like <laughs> hanging from this really thin tree. And there's only one practitioner there. And he's sort of just wandering about. And the camera crew ask him like, oh, that boy in that tree, you know, yeah. does that worry you? <laughs> and he, he shouts up to the boy like, how are you doing up there? And the boy's like, fine, it's just a tree. And um, <laughs> I'm fine. Um, but then, you know, they ask him, have you had a lot of accidents? You know, and the camera pulls away to these kids like whacking this branch, over, you know, like swinging this heavy branch around. And he literally says, I've worked at this nursery for 10 years. There's only been one accident. And the one accident was a parent ran over a child's foot as they were leaving the car park. Oh. <laughs> and that was it <laughs> in 10 years. Gosh. So, you know, I'm not for one second saying that we're going to completely throw um, safety out of the window. We're not going to shove children up really high trees yeah. and we're not going to like whip the knives out in every nursery. However, <laughs> <laughs> we are going to value giving children real tools and teaching them how to be safe with them. You know, there's a rigorous process that the practitioners will go through to know how to safely train children to use tools and things like that. But we have to give these children challenge. We have to give them risk. And a really good saying that I've learned along the way is it's not about being as safe as possible. It's about being as safe as necessary. Mm. So our job is to follow the play process, to challenge children and to support them in how to be safe. And Ood School is massively about that. Because otherwise you're going to have these adults who are walking around who have never had access to any sort of risk or challenge mm. who are just going to be, you know, useless. They're yeah. not going to be able to do anything. Um, and giving children challenging play, just it builds resilience. Yeah. It builds persistence. And our children need that. You know, life is hard. Life is full of knockbacks. Life's, you know, everything doesn't go right for you. And I think challenging play and things like outdoor nature-based stuff like this really pushes children to be, you know, be resistant yeah. to, to yeah. really persist and try and try again and figure things out. So, yeah, definitely will involve risky, challenging play. Um, but there's so many benefits around it. So many benefits around it. That's really good. Really good to know. Um, and another question is, um, is Ood School... Forest-based, can it be beach-based, um, other outdoor areas? Obviously, it's within the school, the nursery environment. Um, but is it also going to be in other areas? <laughs> yeah, so I think, <clears throat> you know, this is another way that it differs slightly maybe from forest school is it doesn't have to be necessarily a forest. It doesn't necessarily have to be a wood. It could be a beach. It could be a local park that you have. Mm. It could be bringing nature within your setting. The whole point of it is about connecting children to nature in whatever way that is. And, you know, some 
nurseries are really lucky to have supernatural spaces with lots of herbs and trees and things like that. Some aren't. Yeah. But yeah. this accreditation is about how can we bring nature in and, you know, a bag of soil in a mud kitchen and planting herbs is a really easy thing to do in in your in your garden in your setting Mm. there's so many ways to bring nature into even the smallest spaces so it's all about that and then it's all about looking what you've got in your local community so it's those links with your community again you know are you near a woodland trust would could you link up with them is there a nearby farmer who has the space a plot of land that you could use with your children are you near a beach you know any natural spaces i mean it's like David Attenborough did this documentary recently about how nature can be found even, you know, on the path, on the side of the road. You know, yeah. nature is everywhere. So yeah. it's about getting children outside and really loving their environment, loving their local community. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be a forest. It doesn't have to be a wood. OK. And how can parents get involved with this? Yeah, so a big part of the accreditation, like I said before, is about how are you involving your parents and your families in this journey? So one of the first learning elements there is, is how can you evidence sharing your vision and your goals with the families that you work with? So whether that's inviting them into a presentation, whether that's inviting them in to stay and play, you might have, you know, they might have a display in, in the welcoming area and as mm. parents walk in, talking about the journey and where they want to go. It's about looking at what skills do your parents have? You know, you might have yeah. parents who are really into gardening who want to come and get involved with that. You might have parents who have links to local tree surgeons who can get you logs and natural materials. So it's any way that you can involve your parents and families. There's a lot of how can you bring learning into the home as well so the team will be required to produce like resources that parents can take home so they can do nature-based play at home lots of sharing on social media and lots of information booklets lots of photos floor books you know families and parents will have total access to this Um, and we want them to be involved we want to have that really good parent partnership because at the end of the day you know children spend most of their time with their parents yeah so we're wanting this plugging back into nature to be happening at home as well as well as that nursery yeah that's cool and is it for children in early years of all ages like can babies take part how yeah that's again um actually answering one of my previous questions and I didn't think about it you know often with forest school it's very much based on your older children I mean I do I do see here and there you know there's sessions like nature tots and uh, nature babies and things like that where um, forest schools will encourage the younger children to go in but a lot of the time it is for your preschool age children now again with Ood school it's going to be very much based for all children right from babies up until your preschool mm. obviously adapted you're not going to have yeah. a baby you know with a hammer <laughs> and things like that but yeah that connection to nature you know it, it needs to be evidenced right from baby room right up to preschool so every child will get a chance to take part it's not just something you get to access when you go to preschool so mm. yeah Amazing. Um, And finally, do you have any kind of closing advice or any words of wisdom for families that may be struggling to find the time to get outdoors with their children? I just think, you know, if you're ever stuck for things to do, nature is free. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a free resource. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter where you live. I think 
I'm sure it's the Forest Commission or someone like that um, has said that everyone is within a certain distance from a woodland or a forest space apparently. So, you know, even if it is literally just finding a patch of nature somewhere, it's free yeah. and it doesn't cost anything. So my advice would be just get outside whenever you can. You know, children are so much happier outside. We're so much happier outside. Mm. The benefits are just amazing. If you look at the the health side of things, you know, your cortisol levels drop by 40% as soon as you go outside. That's your stress hormone. Really? So it literally drops by 40% as soon as you head outside. You know, your blood pressure lowers. You produce serotonin, which is a happy hormone. So there's so many benefits out there for children. Mm. So my advice would be, if you're stuck on ideas and you don't know what to do with children outdoors, think about what you did. I say that to all of my team. What did you do when you were younger? You know, and it's always the same things, I can guarantee it. Making perfume with petals, mm. you know, gathering snails and making a snail house, building dens, rope swings, daisy, daisy chains, yeah. you know, manhunt even, curly, <laughs> you know, all yeah. these things that people did when they were younger. If you're stuck for ideas of what to do with your children, then do that because they will love it. Mm. And these are memories that they'll keep forever because I certainly have these memories and and then my happiest memories of being outdoors when I was younger. So, yeah, if you're stuck for ideas, take yourself back to what you did when you were younger and do that with your children. Give them that amazing, special thing because nature is free, but it's the most powerful resource you can give to children. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. I remember getting lost on walks with my dad Yeah, as a child. Just, yeah, <laughs> good, good memories though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, ones that you'll remember forever. So, yeah, we need to plug children back into nature. That's, that's what it's all about. Okay. Thank you so much for your time today, Rhiannon. And I'm sure your advice will be of much help to our listeners. Um, do join us again next time for another episode of All Things Early Years. Thanks for joining us and to our guest today. Tune in next month. And in the meantime, pop over to our website and follow us on social media. Kids Planet, working together to inspire your world. Yeah.